1: and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hello and welcome. It's our number two, hour two of our radio program, the surprising college hoops, maller monologue. We go where the news of the day takes us, and that would be Syracuse, New York, where Jim Bayheim is out. Did Bayheim get a raw deal from the Qs? What are your takeaways from Jim Bayheim's run ending at Syracuse? And looking into the crystal ball, what happens to Syracuse basketball Sands Jim Bayheim, who's been there since the 1970s? We'll talk about that and more right now. Give it up for our number two. Here it is. Seeing Orange, welcome in the beginning of another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere beside one another as we whistle in the dark, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and beyond on the vast and resoundingly powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the mole as we play an audio game of Whack-A-Mole all night long. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. So i will get to our lead this hour, but I wanted to update the the story we talked about last hour involving Sean Kemp. uh, As uh, we told you, the TV report out of of, uh, Seattle Fox 13 claims Kemp acted in self-defense. And the story's taken another plot twist. Now, he was arrested on a felony drive-by shooting charge. Well, TMZ has posted video. They did this just shortly before we came on the air. And uh, some uh, listeners have pointed this out to us. We were unaware of this. But the the footage, which was obtained by TMZ, I don't know how much they paid for it, but it shows Sean Kemp wearing a red vest, the NBA legend from the 90s. And he was wearing a red vest, and he was on foot, though. He was not in his car, and he pointed uh, what appeared to be a gun there, and he was yelling, and according to the video, and pulled the trigger at least once uh, outside this mall. It was in the parking lot at the mall in Tacoma. And TMZ says the witnesses uh, told them that they heard multiple gunshots, which would back up the claim unless it was Kemp firing all the shots, that uh, that it indeed was uh, somebody shot him, he shot back, uh, yin for the yang and all that. I don't understand how the drive-by shooting charge applies there, but... Uh, anyway, the footage is out there. The, the people that took the footage claim that there were shots fired, multiple shots fired before they started pulling out their phones to capture the moment for posterity's sake. More on that, I'm sure, as we go through the night and uh, on the day on Thursday. But our lead this hour coming from college basketball. That's right. The rare and appropriate, rare and appropriate college basketball Mallon monologue. As we normally don't go down this road before Selection Sunday, which is this weekend, but that is that's the day all of us gas bags and blowhards immediately pretend to care and become experts on college basketball. We, we we assume you have heard the big college basketball lead, but but maybe not. Jim Beheim gone. He has been removed as the head coach at Syracuse, the big bad Syracuse basketball program. Not so. Not so big much these days and pretty bad. But his reign, which lasted 47 years, 47 years, is over. In an unceremonious announcement, on Wednesday evening, the university announcing that the associate head coach, Adrian Autry, who played at the school, he's going to take over as the head coach for the Orange. And Bayheim is out. He is gone. He vacates the job. Syracuse lost to Wake Forest. If you are into the ACC tournament, you probably already knew that. But Syracuse losing that game on a last second buzzer beater, uh, three point shot there at the end. That turns out to be the final act in the Hall of Fame career of Jim Bayheim as the Syracuse coach. So let us discuss the question people reacting in real time. Did Jim Bayheim? The question is, did Jim Beheim get a raw deal from Syracuse? And in the context of the modern era, the arrow is pointing that direction. And I'll explain. I've got jackfruit, burgundy, and ghost ship. And we will connect all of these things together, and we are going to make a giant oversized orange is what we're going to make. So, first of all, when I say that the arrow is pointing towards raw deal, I'm not talking about a travesty of justice for Jim Beheim. What I'm talking about is a bumpy, awkward, disheveled ending. Because every man, woman, and child knows this was not Jim Beheim's decision. All right? What's my evidence? His own words. Beheim had said just before the school announced that he was out that it was up to the university. We all saw the, the nature of the departure. This was not well planned out. More of a fly-by-night situation, typically in the modern era. And it bothers me when this stuff happens. What happens all the time. When a legend retires, what takes place? These things are choreographed. You have a victory lap. I find these things nauseating. The look at me, kiss my ass, whore. For reference, I might put you, uh, point you out to, to, to look at Coach K at Duke, his last year at Duke. Went around, everyone said, oh, we love you, we love you. There was none of that here at Syracuse with Jim Beheim Instead, it was a hurry up and change the gate code situation. I guess they were worried that Beheim was going to take some office supplies on his way out. But uh, why is that? We can surmise that part of it is because of Jim Bayheim's persona his personality he's like the the jackfruit of coaches right prickly on the outside rick patino who's been everywhere literally everywhere in his coaching career but patino summed up bayheim's uh, charm years ago there's a famous quote which uh, he said something to the effect that jim bayheim's got one of those personalities where he lights up a room when he leaves which is a wonderful deadpan line, which has been used by many. But that was said by Patino about Beheim, And we know that the coaches in the ACC love to goof on Bayheim They didn't really hide it. The smart money says, here's what's going to happen. Jim Bayheim will end up taking care of one of his media buddies, one of his old-school media buddies, with a little bit of scoopage on the on the side, a little side dish in the next couple of weeks. At one of those... You know, that what, what, what had happened uh, was this. What had happened was this. This is the real story from the horse's mouth, Jim Beheim. I'd keep an eye on John Feinstein, the longtime college basketball writer as well. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not him. Maybe somebody else. But somebody like that to get the inside skinny. And Beheim, such a powerful figure at Syracuse that he hit and killed the guy. Uh, with his car, and lived the coach another couple of years. Back in 2019, Bayheim was driving down I-690 in Syracuse, and he struck a 51-year-old guy uh, right around midnight. And we talked about the story at the time. It was wild. We, the news came out while we were doing the show. like We were like, whoa, wait a minute. It was like, wait, didn't that make no sense? One of those jaw-dropping stories. But this guy had gotten into an accident. The 51-year-old guy, he got out of his car, to check to see what was going on, and Bayheim was cruising down the road, and uh, ran him over, plowed him over, and uh, and he uh, survived the coach and continued to coach. Now, uh, Bayheim, as far as the basketball stuff, he's dodged multiple scandals. He has lost over a hundred wins from different postseason were postseason bans, uh, games that were voided by the big bad NCAA. And he often got himself in trouble because he's not politically correct. And he would say the thing you're not supposed to say at the time you're not supposed to say it. Now, second, what are your overall takeaways from Jim Bayheim's run ending at Syracuse? So, Bayheim, whether you like him or not, and I didn't go to Syracuse like most of these hacks in the media business. I, I didn't go there. But Bayheim has been a pillar of college hoops. It's wild to me to think how the world has changed since Beheim took over in 1976 at Syracuse. He started out in a world where newspapers and local TV dominated the media landscape. And he exits stage left with big tech, social media, having a chokehold on everything. And that is an example of when fiction becomes reality, right? The the, the life of Jim Bayon. He's like college basketball's Ron Burgundy. He's got his own unique, folksy, gruff style that is not for everybody, and he's lasted almost two full generations. A generation is twenty-five years. He's at a, almost two full generations. Could, could I could totally see him like Ron Burgundy saying, "I love scotch, scotchy scotch, scotch." Right, it goes down down into my belly and uh, and all that, and and I'll bet you that at Jim Beheim's house, he's got. The smell of rich mahogany uh, in his and a bunch of leather bound books and all that. But Bayheim's departure is a seminal moment. Much like Ron Burgundy, Bayheim was the last of the old school coaches from the heyday of the, the men's college basketball world. Now, I know there's a few old time coaches left like Tom Izzo and John Calapari, but they pale in comparison to Jim Bayheim. You got to think, if you weren't around, Big Monday was like a big FN deal. Big East college basketball, a linchpin of the glory days when the sport mattered. It mattered. His retirement, Bayheim's retirement, which likely was forced here, uh, means one of the last big whales in college basketball has finally been harpooned. And you think of the players that passed through Syracuse under Bayheim's watch, Dwayne Pearl Washington, Ronnie Cycley. Sherman Douglas, Derek Coleman, Billy Owens, all the way up through Carmelo Anthony and Jerry McNamara, and go on and on. Uh, but those are most of the big ones. Crazy run. Now, final thought looking into the Crystal Ball, what happens now to Syracuse basketball? So we know that Adrian Autry has been groomed for a decade to sit in the big chair, and he's been hyped up as a coaching prodigy a more modern approach to X's and O's, uh, thereby hangs a very interesting tale. The deck is absolutely stacked against Autry. Jim Bayheim has been the essence of Syracuse basketball. He oozed orange, and until proven otherwise, Syracuse men's college basketball is going to be a ghost ship. Once great Syracuse, Blue blood of college hoops about to become an empty vessel in upstate New York. You are walking in the footsteps of a guy who won a national title, went to five Final Fours, a bunch of big conference wins and primetime TV back when college basketball got big ratings and all that. The Syracuse brand, for better or worse, is Jim Bayham, and he's been diluted in recent years, even with Bayheim there. The last three years, Syracuse is 10 games over 500. That's it. They're 51 and 41 in the regular season. One NCAA tournament appearance the last three years. I know there was a global pandemic as well, but college basketball in general has been knocked down the zeitgeist of the sporting world several pecks, and that is going to continue. It's now essentially a one-month sport. March Madness, the sport is about to begin on Sunday afternoon slash evening with Selection Sunday, and then for the next couple of weeks after that, it will be the focus of much conversation, and then it will all go away. It will all end, and it will not pick up until the following Selection Sunday. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. You want to talk about any of that, you can join us here at 877-99-ON-FOX. My call for new voices was not answered. We had the same usual voices from last hour, but I'm still hopeful. 877-99-ON-FOX. 877-996-6369 if you'd like to be part. Straight ahead, professional wrestling attempting to do The impossible. Trying to do the impossible. What are they trying to do in professional wrestling? We'll get to that. Also, a card shark unlike any other. We'll go there as well, and we will do it next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's late
0: at night alley cats are creeping they're
8: looking for
1: some place to go the night
8: owls are up Sleepy heads are sleeping, it's time for the
0: Ben Maller Show. You can be a 1% percenter. study show that more than 244 million American adults listen to the radio each month, but only 1% actually contribute content. You can join that small fraternity of P1s on the Ben Maller Show. It's painless and simple. Just follow your host on Twitter, he's at Ben Maller. And you can tweet at and follow our executive producer, he is more than just the call screener, even though he is of the phones. He is the liar, liar, and the menace of the Fox Sports Radio network. It is Justin Cooper, and he's at UH Did you Bronco his name, fan. Eddie? No, I was, that was that was his name. I was listening to the song. I was listening to the song. Oh, hey! I thought he was about to say Little Justin Cooper.
2: There
0: he is.
3: Oh yeah. You've heard this before. I have.
0: Okay. Doesn't get a lot of airplay. Yeah. An ally from the tyrack.com Fox Sports Radio
3: studios. It's Ben Maller. And a Jim Beheim monologue. Is that the last one that we are going to do? Who knows? Justin in Cincinnati was triggered. And he says, Beheim has as many confirmed kills as national titles. He says, don't you dare compare Beheim to Coach K. He added some spicy language in there as well. Maverick writes in, says, A, on the Maller monologue, typically I'm not intrigued with college hoops, but you made it entertaining, and office supplies can be expensive. Yeah. Well, they do that in radio, too. I've been whacked a few times on radio, and they get rid of you, and they're like, hey, you got 30 minutes to get out of here, and they like keep an eye on you like a hawk so you don't take any crap when you're leaving. It's a lot of fun. Chip in the Qs writes in. He says, A-plus on the Mallard monologue. I discovered the Ben Mallard show during March Madness in 2003 when Syracuse won their only national basketball title. Yeah, we were here, Chip, to document all the fun. And we're still freaking here. Unreal. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Page down here. Page down. Midnight Walker writes in, says, For decades, Jim Beheim did snarl and whine. But his teams, they were excellent most of the time. For so many years, he just couldn't go wrong. Now we cry orange tears for Coach Beheim is gone. The poet laureate. The new poet laureate there. Midnight Walker. From the Twin Cities. I'll have to meet him when I end up in Minnesota later this year. Late Night Drug Tester says Syracuse basketball will never die, seeing as 95% of sports journalism graduates come from the school and they always find a way to bring it up during their shows. That is spot on, Late Night Drug Tester. You ain't kidding, man. I've worked at a few different places over the years, and everywhere I've worked, it's a bunch of Syracuse honks, Syracuse apologists. Uh, So you are correct on that. And there have been conspiracy theories that one of the reasons Jim Beheim did not get more heat for his many shenanigans over the years was because the the media cartel is controlled by Syracuse people. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know how funny it is. But I had on my podcast the old sportscaster Dick Stockton who went to Syracuse. And I remember we had him on the fifth hour, and I brought it up, the the whole Syracuse thing, and he, he pointed out that when he went to Syracuse, it wasn't Syracuse. It didn't become the elitist sportscaster institution that it has become since guys like Dick Stockton went there and you know, and, and other legends, uh, Bob Costas and whatnot back in the day. Ferg Dog writes in says, "I'm disappointed Syracuse did not let a legend like Jim Beheim coach for as long as he wants, or at least until he drives over another pedestrian." I hope FSR treats its long term employees better. Uh, he says, for your sake. yeah, you never know. Any show could be your last show. you got to approach every show like it's going to be your last show because eventually you're going to be right. Eventually you'll be spot on, and then I'll be like all these other hacks, and I'll just do a podcast, and that'll be that. And I'll probably make more money, and I'll be fine. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Let's see here. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's say hello to uh, Jed who fled is cashing a golden ticket now. He was on the air last hour, but he was having a private conversation with Coop. And now Jed is back. Hello, Jed, who fled?
6: I wonder if that guy that Jim Bayham ran over was a fan of R.E.M., because he definitely unexpectedly got a little bit of orange crush right there on the interstate. I've showered with numerous chicks, Uh-oh. man, ranging from 10 out of 10 classy to chicks that Oscar the Grouch would not even touch with gloves on, and he loves trash, and it's a weird thing to hike your knee all the way up to its height and to reach that cause deep into the old anal opening and, and wash that thing hardcore in front of somebody. And if you're not awkward or weird, I think I mean, only the trashy mm. chicks were willing to do that. The classic chickens were aren't not a fan of aren't you supposed
3: to – now, Jed, aren't you supposed to at least make an effort when you're in the shower to clean that area? Right? You should at least make yeah, I, some kind of effort. Yes?
6: Yes, but, I mean, you, you it's like a wax on, wax off, except, man, like the the stuff hiding down in the brown town. It's not on the outskirts of the city limits, and that's just a – it's weird. I mean, talking about pooping. women don't even poop at all. You know, I'm not even sure my mom's ever pooped. So you know, it's the same. Yes, that thing. is it's correct. Women
3: thing. do not. Uh, there's no fecal matter in women. They're uh, poor. That's why there's none of that defecation. It's... No pooping.
6: Yeah, I'm saying like go pop
3: like, <laughs> as a fourteen year old. Cut
7: it up.
6: I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your name should have been Ricardo Ben because you are cut uh, off. As a fourteen year old backwoods uh, upcoming, you know, nerd, nothing was more important. Than memorizing the most popular rap song at that time and being able to like have a rap off in the bathroom with somebody and just destroy them. So I thought, but I'm pretty sure the replacement of a, a rock and roll by rap in the sports world has is destroying the planet Earth. Like,
3: yes, that is the downfall of society and humanity. Uh, Jed, are you concerned? Hey, at man, all? We got women no, 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 We got drugs that we're selling. Take a breath. Take a. Are you concerned that you are I'll, not I'll going you, to take win? Your breath. Are you are you concerned you're not going to win Wasted Caller of the Year? You are in what is arguably the most competitive category. You've got Jed who fled, Joey in Nashville, Plastered Paul in Rhode Island, and the Black Irishman. No, because I've I've,
6: I've elevated myself to the the un, the only one in the category of Wasted Caller of Life. You know, what I'm saying I'm not here for the year. I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I'm committed. I persevere, and I'll I'll whenever I destroy my life, I will have won that award. You know, what I'm saying so. It's a catch. It's like a catch. One million. Do so you think that well, award
3: will be named after you? If you meet your demise, yeah, yeah exactly. you're not going to name
6: it while I'm still alive. I'm going to have to die. So, obviously, it would be posthumous. You know, posthumous, posthumous, it would be after me. You know what I mean? I try to make so many wordplay puns that Ooh. I lose myself sometimes, dude. Like, I, I'm like walking through the snow, my footprints, you know, metaph- conversationally, and I look back to what I was just talking about, and I've wiped all the, the verbal footprints out. Now, like, how can I expect y'all to know what I'm talking about if I don't even know what I'm talking about at the time? That's a, that's a tough way to operate, man. Point. That's a tough Very way. You got to get your bike on that. You know, who,
3: you know who your biggest cheerleader is? Justin Cooper. Coop loves you. He, he, I don't he know, always 6, says, 8, ain't you? Coop tells me we need to give you more airtime. He does. He said, We got to give that guy more airtime. This guy's amazing. That's, he loves you. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. think that. he
8: ever <laughs>
6: Dude, slow that thing down. But also, when I tried to use my golden ticket earlier, Stretch Armstrong is embarrassed at how how much you stretch things out sometimes, dude. And it's just like, all right, I gotta go. You, look at the time. All be, right, you.
3: thank you for that. Bye bye. All right, yeah, the clock is up. See, we left them on one minute too long, and that's what I get. That's my fault. One minute too long. One minute. That's all. All right. Anyway, the WWE making some headlines. How about this? They are pursuing legal betting on scripted wrestling matches. According to CNBC, they tell us that this is unbelievable to me. WWE is in discussions with the state of Colorado and Michigan gambling regulators that would allow patrons, people that bet on sports in those states, to bet on WWE matches. Yeah, they're working with an accounting firm, Ernst & Young. To secure scripted match results. If the plan goes forward, they would convince regulators there is no chance of the results being leaked prior to the public. Therefore, gambling should be allowed. Okay. What could possibly go wrong with that? Nothing at all, right? Nothing at all can go wrong. Uh, that that story will work out wonderfully. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Mather Show, a cult hit, overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the fifth hour with Ben Mather on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect
2: trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
5: you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan
4: Celina,
5: Celia Cruz.
4: Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Consider us your star sleuths, your my besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons.
7: Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon.
4: Aw, Joseph!
7: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And back to the NBA, and uh, Zion Williamson, he's, he's still hurt. Uh, the Pelicans I can't announcing. believe it, Eddie. I know. I, get,
3: I was told by my friends in the Bayou that my take when he signed the extension last year was a terrible take, and this guy's a total stud. And, in fact, I had a couple of these jackasses who, who believe it or not, there's these things called Pelican blogs. There's what? like seven Pelican fans. Wow. And they follow the team. They love it. And they were, like, goofing on me. They, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, how's that working out right now? That That take has aged very well. My take, Eddie – has aged like fine wine. Yeah. Anthony Davis looks at Zion Williamson and says, damn, that guy's fragile. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard
0: thinks this guy is a wuss. That's that's true also. It's ridiculous. So he's been out, it seems like, all season. And then the team announced, hey, he's going to be out two more weeks because of a yeah. hamstring injury. The it's season, like, Eddie ends
3: in early April. The regular season ends in early April. So two more weeks puts you at late March. And is he going to come back for a couple of weeks? I guess the Pelicans will be in the playoffs, so he'll have a chance to play there. But I'll man. believe it when I see it. I know. All right, thank you for that. It is the Ben Maller Show as we press on through the overnight hours, and we'll get back to the calls here momentarily. This portion of the Ben Maller Show on Fox brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Yodeling Larry says, working these split shifts are so much more enjoyable when maller has drunkards and felons calling in all night. So first of all, Yodeling Larry, if you are looking for drunk people and felons, there is no show. I'm, I'm putting my neck out on this. There is no show in all of sports radio. That caters more to drunk people and felons. We are number one in both demographics. We dominate. You know, some of these radio shows like to brag about how they have highfalutin executives of Fortune 500 companies, but not this show. No, we are more relatable. We like the Flotsam and Jetsam. These are our people. Well, not everyone likes the Flotsam and Jetsam. Jonathan's all upset. He says, Jed is effing horrible. Uh, not glad we're doing hot poop talk on the radio. So that made Jonathan uncomfortable. He did not like the poop talk. Did not like it. Did not enjoy that, that segment of the show. Just Josh writes in, says, sign language interpreter for Jed Who Fled calls. Uh, thank God most of your listeners are blind, uh, he points out. There you go. Mason in Huntington Beach writes in. He says, they should have given uh, Jim Beheim uh, his pick. On how long he coaches at Syracuse. Oh yeah, Jim Beheim, a legendary. Uh, miner of boogers. He lo- he's a picker. He's an American picker. Jim Beheim. He loves to pick boogers. Let's go to Eric in Minnesota. He's a new caller. It's not a newbie night, but Eric is brand new. Hello, Eric. Welcome. Hey. Good
7: evening, Benjamin.
3: Hello to you. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. Whatever it is
7: yeah yeah uh I just wanted to hit you up on your uh your invitation there for new people to call in and take a chance to introduce myself. uh you guys help me get through the night every night and uh, I appreciate it. love the show, love the monologues. there's one thing though uh why can't Uh-oh. we get oh uh oh here we
3: go here we go now Eric, say he start this is what we call a compliment sandwich. So he started out with a compliment. You're about to bury us, and then you're going to say you like the show. So go ahead, bury me. Go ahead, I'm waiting. I'm nope, Wee. Nope. Go ahead. I'm not
7: going to bury you. I just want, why can't we get more hockey talk? I mean, uh, oh, yeah. the last time the NBA was relevant was when Sean Camp was playing. And uh, base, baseball is, uh, you know, just about to fire up here. But yeah, uh, yeah no football. We need more hockey talk, Ben.
3: All right. What do you well, think? Uh, uh, Eddie over there, he's the hockey guy. So you got you to you be upset with Eddie because he, sh- he should give you more hockey talk. It's his fault. Yeah. Oh, he's Jesus. The guy Yeah, blame Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. All right, Eric. Thank we'll you, listen. Jesus! Oh, take that into consideration, Eric. I, was it was an I opportunity
0: do... for you to promote Puck the World in the final hour of the show. Come on, Ben.
3: Oh, that's right. Puck the World, Eric. The last hour of the show. Eddie's got some, he's got like seven hockey podcasts that he does also, so you can listen to that or two. Yeah.
7: Well, the Minnesota Wild, they're on a tear right now, so.
3: Yeah. Eddie, why don't you talk uh, more about the Minnesota Wild? They're on a tear, Eddie. Yeah, will do. Who? Who's your favorite all-time hockey player, Eric? All-time.
7: All-time. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm a homer, so let's go with uh, Mike Madonna.
3: Mike Badano, all right. You're dating yourself yeah. a little bit, Mike Badano. There you go. All right, very good. But well, thank you, Eric. Be safe. What are you doing for work, Eric? What do you got going on?
7: Uh, I own my own semi. I'm a truck driver.
3: Oh, you're driving your truck around there. All right, well, be safe. It's, uh, the, the, as Get you better. know, you live there. The weather can be pretty nasty at times, so be safe. All right, thank you. All right, uh, there he goes. Eric driving around in his semi, doing his thing. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show as we press on. Let's say hello to Joey in Nashville, the guy that does not understand the delay in talk radio. Hello, Joey in Nashville.
8: Hey, Ben. How you doing?
3: Hello, Joey. Welcome to the show, Joey.
8: It's an honor. Yeah, I learned, man. I learned by what you told me the other day, man. Oh look at that!
3: You're picking up on this. I'm proud yeah, of you. I'm like it. a proud. I'm like a father here. I'm helping you out. This is amazing. Uh, you're yeah, learning how talk radio works.
8: Yeah, hell, real, real quick because I like to be on your show man. I like to talk to you guys. You know. And uh,
3: can you say now for us? We need a new drop for the show. Can you say this is Joey from Nashville and I love the Ben Maller show?
8: Yeah, this is Joey from Nashville and I love the Ben Maller show. Every night. Oh, I talked over you there.
3: Yodeling Larry's a big fan of your work. He says hello. Yodeling Larry. He
8: loves your work. Man, here's what I want to add. Two things I want to tell you, okay, buddy? All right. All right. The first thing is, when I talk to you about Jim Nance, this is his last, you just mentioned it, the college dying. This is last year of doing it. That's
3: right. Isn't Ian Eagle replacing him? I believe I read that somewhere. Ian Eagle's replacing him. And, and, <laughs> yeah.
8: and, and, and also yeah. here's the second thing, real quick, yeah, okay. I really didn't know this, this is, for sure. This is
3: Jim Nance's personal friend Joey in Nashville. They hang out together.
8: But anyways, this is a second thing. It's very important. Very, very important. All right. At the sound of the auction I was at, I took down there six of the Pink Floyd. Albums because it was a 50 year anniversary Monday. Yeah. And, uh, I put the money down because I don't care if it sold or not, as long as the money goes to St. Jude's Hospital. And, uh, so I got four of the pink foliage back. So that would be for Coop, Roberto, and Eddie. I got one a little different. I got the John Travolta uh, "Staying Alive" musical album.
3: Okay, that you. I was, I was actually telling Roberto before the show. I was (gasps) hoping we would get this. This Roberto, was I not telling you I needed some auction update from Joey that I hope he would call? That's exactly what you were saying. Yeah, and and here, here we are. My dreams have come true. It's crazy. Uh, craziness, are You really are you wow. reading my mind, Joey?
1: You're reading wow. my
3: mind. Wow, wow, bro. You know how the listeners love hearing about auctions, and so you put this stuff up for auction and then bid on it.
8: Yeah, because I want <laughs> the money to go to St. Jude's.
3: Why didn't you, you just know? donate the money to charity and then kept the stuff?
8: Well, because uh, why? I mean, I've had. I, I was young, man. I bought like ten and eleven of let's Al- I- Led one. Yeah. I've got every album. Unlo- I ain't even been opened. All right, the now, Emmett the
3: Emmett the blind Seahawk fan says Joey sounds like Sir Scratchoff's cousin. Are you Sir Scratchoff's cousin?
8: Uh, I don't. Like I said, I live in Nash- South of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a country boy, and uh, yeah, you know. Uh,
3: well, he, he lives in Arkansas, but I, I got cousins all over the country. Yeah, and I, yeah, know, I had the a
8: restaurants good. seen in Missouri, you know. So I've been down that road. I've worked in cotton gins. I got to right, I gotta,
3: I gotta go. I gotta, thank you. I got I to go. All right, we have Mallard to the third degree. That is coming up. Time now for the Insta Trivia. And here it is. If taken in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson would tie Mitch Trubisky and Blank for the fewest collegiate starts by a first-round pick at quarterback since the year 2000. Again, if taken in the first round of this year's draft, Anthony Richardson, the Florida Gator quarterback, would tie Mitch Trubisky and Blank for the fewest college starts by a first-round pick at quarterback since the year 2000. That is the instant trivia, the answer. We'll get to it, and we'll have Mallard of the third degree next. Hey, this is Hal and I love the business knowledge show. Thanks to Very kind of you. Appreciate that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: There's a widespread problem of boring sports talk. The Ben Maler Show offers a solution under the cover of darkness. We are... 25% 25% more effective at delivering zany hot takes than our competitors. We'd love for you to help grow the audience with a personal endorsement. Simply mention our show and tag along with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are growing the Maller Militia one new member at a time. And now live from the TireRack.com Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller.
3: And hey, time now for... The Insta trivia will have Mallard to the third degree as well, but here it is. If taken in the first round of next month's NFL Draft, Anthony Richardson would tie Mitchell Trubisky and Blank for the fewest collegiate starts by a first-round pick since the year 2000, which is almost a generation. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, that is the question. What is the answer? Let's see. Does anyone uh, know the answer? We'll go page down here, page down. Batman, guessed by the Cowboy Killer. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, can't read that. Danny Tartable from Mr. Nice. I see. Now, you've moved on from the White Sox to old school Mariners. Good job by you. Jim McMahon from the Texas Trucker. Uncle Rico from Just Josh, roving gumshoe reporter in Cincinnati. Emmett. The blind Seahawk fan who loves all the support staff at Fox Sports Radio says that Kevin Figures is the answer. We have Manti Teow, his imaginary girlfriend from Orange and Blue Blood Brett. Uh, Page down, page down. Uh, Sawman says Jed who fled is the answer. Double J, Jeff Jarrett from Rob in Vegas. Rohan Davey from Manny. Urban Shocker, guessed by White Rob the first, the little Bow Wow, who's 36 today from the Late Night Drug Tester. E.J. Manuel from Eek in Roseville, Minnesota. Eddie, what say you, Eddie? Oh, uh, Let's go Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. Eddie, that is absolutely wrong. It is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is the answer, along with Mitch Trubisky. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. In. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
1: Coop the loop. All right, uh, Pete Carroll said that uh, the Geno Smith deal doesn't necessarily mean the Seahawks won't draft a quarterback with the number five pick. Uh, Some analysts believe that the Seahawks have their eye on Anthony Richardson. Ben, could they get Richardson at number five?
3: Yes, they can. It would be ridiculous. The the Seahawks should absolutely have a chance to get him. We just gave you the the stat, Coop: thirteen collegiate starts for generations. That would downgrade you, but now these these teams are so desperate. It's all about the measurables, and uh, listen, this guy is built like a stallion. He's crushed the combine. He dominated all the Mr. Olympia contests. That's great, but it's, it's insane that that guy would be drafted in the top five of the draft. He didn't do anything in college. He has no accuracy, and it would be a foolish
1: decision by Pete Carroll. Next! Despite the fact that the 49ers have made it to two consecutive NFC championship games, it's being said that John Lynch is on the hot seat this year. Are you buying that, Ben?
3: No, no. John. If John Lynch leaves, it's because he's bored and wants to try something else. The 49ers absolutely sucked before John Lynch got there with Shanahan. They've been very successful. They've gotten to a Super Bowl. They, they've had their level of success. They haven't won yet, but they've gotten close. And John Lynch, he turned down big money on Amazon. Uh, he, I don't think he's, he's leaving. Next. Earlier
1: this week, New Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian told the media that every position is open to competition, including quarterback. Ben, do you think there's any chance that Arch Manning starts over Quinn Ewers? Yes!
3: The first bad practice Quinn Ewers has, he's out. Arch Manning is the anointed, the favorite son. He's the guy the boosters at Texas want. He's got the Manning brand. He's going to start. How did we do? You passed this edition. That is a winner. You can put it on the board. Yes!
2: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,